Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's another edition of Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and myself. And it's time to take a look at some rules of thumb. That's the topic this week on the podcast. Jude, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Mark, I am doing well. It's a sunny day in Orlando, but you know, in Florida, that sun can turn around in just two seconds. So I'm enjoying it while it lasts. This is true. Well, I mean, it's, you know, four o'clock, you're getting rain regardless, right? Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So that seems to be the norm down there. But hey, listen, let's have some fun with these and also just educate us a little bit. Most people have probably heard some of these. I put the most popular one first and last and then some probably lesser known ones in the middle. So break them down for us just a little bit here. Let's start with one that people have probably heard. That's the rule of 100. What is that? You know, you said that people have probably heard. I am surprised at how many people have never heard this rule. Really? Okay. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm first bringing on a client or we're discussing about working with each other, the rule of 100 refers to how much level of risk you should be taking in your portfolio. So the, like many of these rules, general rule of thumb, but you understand risk and return have a relationship. The more risk you want to take, the more expected return you should get. So if you use the number 100 and you subtract that by your age, let's say we just had a new associate start. She's she's 30 years old. So we subtract her age from 100, that's 70. Then 70% of her portfolio should be in the stock market. And then the rest of the portfolio should be conservative in the bond market or fixed income. So if you're 70, Uh, you'd say 30% would be at risk and 70% would be safe, so to speak. Exactly. And that's a decent rule of thumb until you start to get older because you've heard of this word before. It's popular in the news now, inflation. Mm -hmm. As you get older and closer to retirement, you need to take less risk but you also need to have enough equities in your portfolio to keep up with the rate of inflation. So that 70 year old, mm-hmm. I, unless they told me they were extremely conservative and had some other things going on in their personal life, I probably wouldn't recommend 70% bonds in their portfolio. I think our most conservative client has a 50, 50 mix of fixed income and and equities and that client is uh 98 years old <laughs> so wow. yeah i was gonna uh, say as a rule of thumb jude it's not bad to dial you in and get you close but to really dial in right because you might say okay fine i'm 70 uh 30 at risk that sounds you know okay but then somebody else who's 70 might go i don't want to even be at 30 percent risk right so exactly yeah exactly so everybody's going to be a little different. So just to, I think maybe for dinner conversation or just to kind of ballpark it in, but then that's why you want to sit down with a qualified professional and say, okay, yeah, 30, that's a little higher than I want to be, or or that's a little lower than I want to be, and I want to take a, few, a little bit more risk, and then they can help you ascertain whether or not uh, it's safe to take more risk based on the other parts of your portfolio. I but, like what you said, dial it in when, dial when it someone in. sees me. We dial it in. Dial it in, baby. That's what we do. Uh, 75% rule, Jude. What is this? Sometimes maybe 80% is what I, uh, people call it as well. This is the one rule I hate more than any of the others. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I really get probably over about this because 
in in the beginning of my career over 25 years ago when I started in this industry I used to read money magazine and Forbes and every every kind of financial magazine you could imagine and they all said you're going to need somewhere between 75 to 65% of your income uh once you retire your pre-retirement income so if you were making $100,000 by the time you retire you only need somewhere between 65 and 70,000 and 75,000 well you know fast forward 25 years later, and we've been able to help hundreds of households retire successfully. I have seen maybe two people <laughs> that live off of 75% of their pre-retirement income. We generally, as human beings, we live up to our expectations. So if we're expecting we a uh, $100,000 lifestyle, even though the the home is paid off, so we need less. The kids are out of school. We will usually fill in the gaps of those expenses that have gone away. Yeah. So I, I generally, for as a rule of thumb for my clients, and we go through an in-depth analysis to see how much income that they have, but I tell them we're probably looking at more like 80 90%, 100%. Yeah. Of your pre-retirement yeah. income. Yeah, I mean, most people are going to say, well, I don't want to go backwards in lifestyle, so 100% for me, please, right? And and maybe it's a sliding scale as well. Maybe, maybe Jew, when you first get to retirement, many people are like, hey, I need, you know, the numbers dictate on based on what we want to do in retirement, it's more like 110% or 115%, yeah. you know, and then it kind of slides down to maybe a hundred and then it kind of, then maybe it slides down to 90, you know, or something like that. So again, dial it in, right? You got it. You got it. All right. Real quick. One last yeah. thing. We normally uh, with some clients will go through what we call the three phases of retirement, mm -hmm. the go go years, the slow go years and the no go years. And those go go years are probably going to be at 100 percent or more and dial it down all the way to the slow go years. Yeah. So just another thing to help out. Yeah, I, I, I like to share this funny little story that a comedian told one time, because I think it relates well to this rule, and then we'll move on. Uh, but, you know, if everybody's anybody's ever been on like a little puddle jumper, right? You, you've got on a little uh, prop plane where it's taking you island to island or a little short jaunt or something like that. Well, there's there's weight limits, and there's part of that is for fuel and then the amount of people that are in the plane. And so the pilot will ask, how much do you weigh? And so, of course, the comedian's like, tells him, he goes, well, why? You know, and he goes, because I need to know how much fuel to put in. And he goes, well, fill it up. Put 100% <laughs> of fuel in there. I want to make sure we get where we're going. And, you know, it's a funny way to think about it. So, you know, fill up your retirement account. Make sure you got enough to get where you're going, right? So that's kind of the idea. What's the rule of 72, Jude? The rule of 72 is a mathematical equation. And we actually use that quite a bit in our firm. We use it in our bucket planning theory. So if you take... 72. And let's say you want to figure out how long is it going to take for my money to double? Let's say 6%. 6 goes into 72 12 times. So it'll take 12 years for that money to double, getting a 6% rate of return. The reason we use it in our bucket plan, and you know this, we have three different buckets that we uh, prescribe to people that their money should be divided into the now, the soon, and the later bucket. And each bucket has a purpose and a particular time frame. That now bucket is a one-year time frame, a very conservative. The soon bucket is an 11-year time frame, and that later bucket is a 12-year time frame. So we want to we use the rule of 72 to figure out how long, in general, it would take our money to double for that later bucket. 
So okay. we use that quite often. Nice. So yeah, it's kind of really it's a rule of thumb, but it's actually math. So yeah, kind of kind of a useful. Yeah, that tool one is there. a little bit more dialed than the other than the other one. There you so, go. Okay. So rule of five. What is this one? This one is interesting too. Uh, on average. A bear market will happen every five years, sort of a rule of thumb. Okay, that got blown apart from 2009 to to 2020. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why I'm like, uh, do we even have to talk about this one? True. And the reason why I do like it is to set expectations for clients. Okay, Because if you're a, a recent college graduate, by the time you started thinking about money, you've probably never experienced a bear a bear market before. So you know, this last bull market has lasted about 12 years and we've gotten kind of spoiled. And now that we're facing some challenges in the market, people are starting to remember the market doesn't always go up. It's a cycle. So be prepared for every five years to have a temporary downturn in your funds. And again, on average, if you extrapolate that out over, let's say a you know, 40 year investing career or something, then that's probably what you're going to see. I think that's where they kind of take that number from. How about the rule of 10, Jude? Uh, This is another interesting one. So if you're not working with a financial planner and you're trying to do it yourself or you're just trying to figure out a ballpark, how much money should I have by the time I retire? The rule of 10 says 10 times your salary, you should have that lump sum amount by the time you turn 67. And this one is not one of my favorites either because it's really different for everyone. Yeah. And and when is that salary? Like, when do you do that? Like, is that at any given time? Because hopefully your salary is going to go up in life, right? So how do you, how do you kind of stick with that? So I guess for simple math though, Jude, if you make a hundred thousand a year, they're just basically saying you need to have a million by the time you're 67. Yeah. And, and to be very straightforward with you, I don't, I haven't seen any of our clients that only could live off of a million dollars. I know it sounds like a lot of money, but remember that's going to last, got to last you on average 30 years. So I don't really like this one too much. We again, dial it in and we do the math. Yeah. Talking with different advisors around the country, they say, yeah, it's probably, you know, I think maybe the idea was at different times in your life, if you could be saving 10 times the amount um, you know, uh, you know, throughout the different stages, but that needs to be pushed up probably to more like 15 times, uh, for the, you know, in the modern era or whatever the case might be. So, and again, lifestyle plays into factor where you live plays a factor. So yeah, this one's a little too vague. I think a little too much room Absolutely. to have to still dial in on this one. So maybe better off just to look at some of the others. Uh, and then we'll finish it off with one that people probably know and have heard Jude. And that's the 4% rule. Now, this one, a lot of people have heard of. Sometimes people call it the safe distribution rate. Mm. So the theory behind this is that by the time you retire, you should have enough saved up in a in all of your accounts so that if you take 4% times that total amount that you saved up, it'll pay for the income that you need in retirement. So if you've got a million dollars, as we were talking about before in the previous rule, that's $40,000 a year. And that lump sum will never run out of money if you're only taking 4%. That's the idea behind it, right? That's the idea. And that doesn't work. Once upon a time, you know, I would imagine 
I think know, this rule actually was now? yeah. I think this rule was actually uh, put together by an economist somewhere in the late '80s or early '90s. And even again, the '90s, it would have made some sense too. Interest rates were higher, right? But there's a couple of factors of this, Jude, that seems interesting. So you said a million dollars. Well, is it an IRA? Because if so, you don't have a million dollars because you go to the government. <laughs> If it's in a exactly. traditional IRA. So now you got seven, let's say 700,000. Let's say you owe the government about 30% just for easy math. Well, now 4% off of seven, uh, 700 grand is what, 28,000 a year? Can you live off 28,000 a year? And here's, here's the last example I'll give. Sure. That's why we use a bucket plan because mm-hmm. we believe that is more accurate. Because let's say your million dollars. We're going to go back in time. You're going to retire in 2008. Okay. You read this rule online and you figured out, okay, I only need $40,000. And guess what? I have a million. So sure. I'm going to retire next year. I'm, I'm excited. But what happened in 2008? Late eight, early nine. Yeah. <laughs> the market went down 40%. And now your million dollars is worth 600000 And you owe the you government. Gotta, <laughs> and you owe the government. <laughs> yeah. So now you got a real world decision to make. Do I continue to work longer? Do I live off of less? We'd rather use the bucket plan. Yeah. And, and there's some variables, I imagine, for people. So if you're lucky enough to have a pension, you know, and uh, some, um, some guaranteed sources of income, besides Social Security, maybe this works, right? So again, every situation is different. That's why you got to dial it in, right? So that's kind of, that's the phrase today we're going to go with. But at the end of the day, but if you're out to dinner, let's say, and it's just quick back of the napkin kind of math and you're having, you know, having a chat with your, you know, with your significant other and it's like, hey, we've got a million bucks. If we, can we live off of 40,000? If that's the case, we're pulling 4%, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But then go talk to your advisor before you actually put that plan in place or get an advisor so that you can make sure the 4% rule would work for you. Because many people, actually, if you go looking this up, you'll see that a lot of economists and a lot of financial professionals have been calling this like the 2.9 or the 3.1% exactly. rule. Exactly. Because it's been changing. So uh, that's some rules of thumb to talk about this week on the show. Hopefully that helps out a little bit. So again, I think for quick reference, not bad. Although the rule of 72 actually seemed not to bad. be the one. Yeah, uh, That seemed to be the one that uh, was uh, okay to kind of work with. But not bad for a quick reference. but. At the end of the day, Jude, you got to sit down with somebody like yourself and talk with holistic wealth managers, talk with a team like Jude has at Centrist Financial Strategies. Uh, Reach out to them online if you'd like. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you like, Apple or Google or Spotify. Uh, You can find all the information and you can get in contact with the team there at CentristFS.com. That's CentristFS.com. Or go by the podcast website at PlanWise Retire Free Podcast. Jude, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I appreciate you. Hey, always enjoyed. Hope we really educated some people and let's have some fun in the next podcast. That's right. We always try to do that with some fun conversation and hopefully useful nuggets of information. So we'll see you next time right here on Plan Wise Retire Free. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson, who is solely responsible for its content.